0: Second Corinthians 517 says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Uh, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new.
1: All right. Welcome back to the Disciple Nations podcast. I'm Jason, one of your hosts. And man, I've got a table with some powerhouse dudes tonight. It's going to be a good one. Welcome, John Smith. Thank you. What's cracking, brother? Not much, you know. Be ready? Ready. He's full. <laughs> he's he's swollen, about to pop. <laughs> Don't he's, shake my pop can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's ready to drop. What does that even mean? That means if you shake my pop can and you open it, it's gonna oh, explode yeah, all over I gotcha. <laughs> you. You gotta tap the top first. Yes. And Tap that, the top Jason. That <laughs> other buttery
1: voice you hear is Jordan Hatfield. Buttery, that's with, what yeah, that's what they say. With The Great Light Studios. Uh-huh. Yeah, this guy. Yep. Welcome back. Thank it's you. It's been a while since you've been with it's us. Too long, yeah. You, you were here episode I, 1 and 2 and then yep. disappeared. Yep. It's Went better than not where, being where here do at, you at all. I live
2: I live in Burns, Kansas, in so and how far is that I'm from the flat hills? Uh it's a it's about 50 minutes, 45 minutes. Uh yeah. about 30 minutes if you're my wife, but Well we're gonna not edit bad, that, though, right? Because,
1: because <laughs> nope, no edits. Because John Smith drove an hour. Yeah, so yeah.
0: holier than thou. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah,
1: that's awesome. So uh, this episode, we're going to be focusing on the transformational power of Christ. Yes, and his ability to transform a man from what he once was to what he is now. And so at the beginning of the podcast we quoted 2 Corinthians 5:17 talking about if any man is in Christ he's a new creation the old is gone the new is come and uh, I can tell you there were certain times uh, in my life where I was getting sick of the old mm-hmm. and I was just ready for the new man and I tell you what just through prayer and the Lord's grace I'm not the man I was <laughs> yes and I'm and I'm and I'm moving forward so just as disciple nations in our in our uh, in our podcast we really like to take the time and kind of hammer down on some of our core values and our beliefs and I mean I would just say at the core of who we are we, we wholeheartedly with faith, full faith, believe in the power of God to transform a man. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about that. Uh, We're going to touch on a couple things, but this entire episode is going to be wrapped in talking about the transformational power of God. Uh, But we're going to touch on John Smith's story. And then uh, also Jordan's going to tell us a little bit about a film that's going to be coming out called Metamorphosis. So we'll talk a little bit more about the name, when that's going to take place. But to get Mm -hmm. this thing kicked off, we're going to let John... Um, <clears throat> briefly, <clears throat> briefly. No, it's cool. You can take as long as you want. Uh, just tell us a little bit about your story, man. So, I mean, something you said before we hit record was that what you think just makes this time together really powerful is that we're not talking about the theology or the doctrine of the transformation yes. of the power of God. We're giving testimony of how the Lord has transformed Amen. our lives. And so we're going to allow you to take some time and Just tell us what the Lord has done, man.
0: Yeah, amen. Yeah, I agree with you in that. when You you know, talking about the disciples when they go before the Sanhedrin and they had recognized that they were uneducated men, but they said, we perceive they've been with jesus and that's kind of that's the good. aroma in the room here it's people that have been touched by god have have the uh the ability and have the authority to speak on what it means to be transformed by the holy spirit and so just in my own life man uh just a brief quick history because i don't want to spill the film and i don't want to take 45 minutes because i am kind of long-winded jason so don't <laughs> give me that look you are what you're
1: long-winded <clears throat> and you're bouncy <laughs> and i'm bouncy that's the
0: adhd and the coffee mixed together all right mm-hmm. but um Yeah. So I grew up here in Wichita, Kansas, man. And, um, you know, I came from a lower middle class family, just kind of a normal life as far as what the world is accustomed to. You know, parents divorced, uh, didn't have that father figure in my life, found myself in the streets probably at a really young age looking for love in the wrong places, street gangs, you you know, using marijuana by the time I'm 13 on a regular basis before school, after school, breaking into houses, that typical, you know, thug mindset, grew up in that culture, that hip hop culture, and kind of took over for a while for me. And um, I was just a broken lost kid that you know didn't have much hope uh, did didn't definitely didn't know Jesus Christ didn't have uh, anybody to pour into my life I believe my parents loved me and I believe they probably did the best they could do from what they had learned but um, I definitely took uh, some dark turns at a young age and I witnessed a lot of things that most people don't witness in their life as a young man and so that kind of drove me into the the drug addiction and in and out of jail juvenile lockup type of stuff you know by the time I was 16, and I got out. I moved in with my dad, who I had longed to have a relationship with. And the day before Father's Day, right after me and him had an argument, he had a massive heart attack and died in front of me. And that kind of that kind of pushed me a little bit further down the rabbit trail, if you will. And um, really, just came back to Wichita, and you know, I was just hurting. I was hurting. I was lost. There was a lot of pain, and the only thing I knew that would that would help. Dole that even a little bit was drugs. And so drugs and the streets and being accepted by that kind of a lifestyle and relationship. And so I dove back into that head first. by the time I was 17, 18, cocaine, 19, methamphetamine, you know, drug deal, starting to sell drugs when I'm 17, 18. I start cooking meth when I'm 19. By the time I'm 19, I've already been in two car chases with the police in and out of jail. Crashed a car at sixty miles an hour into a gas meter and should be dead if God had not had a plan for my life. But really wound up in the system for a while. Community corrections, probation, on the run in two thousand seven. Were you trying to set some records or something, <clears throat> man, or what was? You could say that. <laughs> Let's just say there was no vision. I had no vision. So okay, pedal to the yeah, metal. Right. What I love about that old part of me, that lifestyle of pedal to the metal, I was all in in the streets. And now that I'm in the kingdom, I'm all in, baby. You know, no plan. <laughs> be for me it's it's all there is so it some of that shows, carried brilliant. over <laughs> it
1: shows yeah
0: <clears throat> but uh, nevertheless i uh 2009 things got really bad for me i was on the run in southeast kansas and i ended up being involved in a situation where i was responsible for taking the life of one of my best friends um and shortly after that um there was a warrant issued for my arrest for felony first degree murder so um i had turned myself in found myself in a in a jail cell in 2009 june 1st and um Things became really real for me. It was a, it was a realistic moment. I'd slept for a couple of days because I'd been up, and I had recognized that there's no going back from this. There's, you know, this is there's no reset button. This isn't a game. This is reality. And I was facing life without the possibility of parole, which is um, a devastating thing for any man to to look on. I had kids at home. My wife was pregnant, and I was 23 years old. And so I am thinking that my I had thought that my life was wasted. I had thrown it away, and I started coming down off of drugs. And I really didn't know how to. I didn't know how to process any of this. And so it was really up and down, you know, almost manic, depressive, bipolar type stuff going on with me. But in the midst of all that, I decided I, I was going to commit suicide. There was just, that was the only way out for me. I attempted to commit suicide while I was in jail. And in that moment, I found this Bible and uh, I don't want to get too in depth to the details of all, of it all, but I found this Bible and I began reading it um, the very be- beginning and it wasn't Genesis or Exodus, but there was like a plan of salvation and some of the first scriptures that I remember. I remember reading, you know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven and Romans eight twenty eight, and they spoke to me so powerfully that God could reach down in the midst of my darkness and rescue me, and that I hadn't gone too far though I had felt like it, and, and that God wanted to be personal with me. And so
1: Right. Let me let me kind of interject and ask you a couple questions because I think this helps lay a foundation for again faith in the power of God to change a man. So as you were you were young and you were going through all these things, and, and I mean, so how hopeless were the people around you for you to actually change? And how hopeless were you yeah. that there would actually be change in your life?
0: Oh, absolutely. I, You know, looking back, I think to myself that uh, my my family probably thought it was like having a son that was dead or a brother that was dead because I was alive, but yet I was dead. And I was a lost cause to the world. You know, my family had given up on me and the world had given up on me. I had given up on me. Right. Yeah, so,
1: I mean, obviously to the point of wanting to commit suicide. You Absolutely. No hope for Multiple change. times as well, Multiple not just times, before yeah. that as well, yeah.
2: Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, You didn't tell me that part of the story, John.
1: You
0: didn't ask, Jordan. <laughs> it's a good thing you're getting it
1: on video right we'll now. Talk, we'll talk later. Clip it in. Clip it in, <laughs> yeah. So Yeah, so pick up. You're in the jail cell. You have this Bible. You're yes. reading some of these, like, bumper sticker Christianity yes. uh, scriptures. So, like, yeah. you know.
0: And no matter how much we commercialize it, there's still spirit in life. And they began to permeate in me and something was resonating in my inner man.
1: But at this point in time, it probably could have been on a mug and it still would have hit your heart pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I am thankful for the people that placed that Bible in that jail cell. It was a free on the inside prison Bible. I don't know what ministry does that, but you know, it rescued me in the sense that it led me to Jesus. and. Like I said, I started reading that and it was resonating in my spirit and it was just hitting me as legitimate and truth. And before I knew it, I was on my knees. I had snot coming out of my nose. I had tears coming out of my eyes like a little baby in there. And I just cried out to the Lord out of a, out of a pure heart for the Lord to rescue me and save me and to give me another chance to be a husband and a father. And um, he heard me. And he touched me in that moment in such a way that I will never be the same. And I love to compare my story to that of the Old Testament leper who, you know, you think about the Old Testament leper who had a family and kids. And if you contracted leprosy, you had to leave the camp. You had to live outside the camp. And not only that, you had to watch your family grow up from a distance. And then when people approached you, you had to scream how unclean you were because if they touched you and contracted leprosy, then you get stoned. And so I'm that leper that's outside the camp watching my family grow up from a distance. And the unusual happens a man begins to approach me. And as I scream unclean, he continues to get closer and closer to me. And then he reaches out and touches me. And instead of him contracting leprosy, I contract his righteousness. Mm -hmm. And then he says, go tell people what I've done for you. And so that happened to me in that moment in that jail cell where I had an encounter with the living God that we serve Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, it's huge. So um, at that point in time, you're now you, you went from complete and total hopelessness to actually experiencing some hope. Yeah, it and was... It- Go ahead. It no, was, you go ahead, go ahead. It was
0: almost instantaneous for me. Like I said, when I cried out, I had the Philippians 4, peace that surpasses understanding. Like I knew that I knew that I knew that he loved me, that he had saved me, that he had rescued me. I didn't know if I was still going to prison for the rest of my life, but I knew there was a weight that had been lifted and there was a presence in that room that I can't explain in physical terms. And I knew he was with me. I didn't see Jesus personally, but I had an encounter where he forever changed me and ruined my view on life in general and really in a good way. And I began to have hope and purpose and life in that moment. It was like, it's like the switch flipped and he began to breathe his life in me.
1: Yeah. So, so having heard just a little bit of that story, Jordan, I want to I kind of pick your brain a little bit. What is the most
2: important thing that we need to gather from that testimony? All I can think of as he's as he's saying that the scripture, I think of is uh, Ephesians. I don't even remember the exact reference. It's Ephesians.
1: John would remember because he. John, yeah, yeah, John.
2: It's Ephesians two or three, but I, I've talked about John. I think with I've talked to John about this uh, several times, but but um, one day I was reading the scripture and in one of the translations it says uh, if. Uh, it's Paul talking to the believers, and he says, basically telling them to live a certain way. If indeed you have learned about Christ, is what he says. And and I stopped in that moment when he said he says learned about Christ, and it, and. Uh, some I think the Spirit was teaching me the scriptures at that moment because something in me knew the word about is not supposed to be in there. And so I went and kind of looked at the original language. I looked at a more accurate translation. And what I saw, what the Spirit was teaching me in that moment, I saw was actually true. Like the original text, if you look at it, it shouldn't say if you have learned about Christ, but if you have learned Christ, and I think in that in in that simple verse, you see the difference between religion and and what we're talking about presence. The the difference between uh, from a distance getting information, getting information about uh, Jesus, and uh, and actually encountering him you know actually touching him and so so i love how that verse says if you have not if you have learned about not if you have gained information about or gotten this knowledge about and you're standing off from yeah, a amen. distance and and learning information about jesus but you've personally touched him and he's touched you you've encountered him in 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 a spiritual way and uh it's it's a living and active relationship thing and, and uh so so yeah, when you yeah. talk, John, and that's what I think of.
1: Yeah, in the in the jail cell, it's not as though you're you were gaining information about Christ. Yeah, and I can tell you anything about him. It's that you encountered the living Christ and that transformational power, yeah. and there was an obvious change. Oh yeah, it
0: was Job forty two seven. I love it. I'm on it tonight. He, you know, he said, "I had heard about you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes have seen you." And there was something fundamentally different about mm-hmm. Job when he got a vision of the Lord.
2: And what I love about this truth is that, like, this is—we hear this, and, and you know, even in myself, uh, it it can almost seem like this this can only apply to huge moments like John's testimony. But this applies every moment, and every day. Like for us, even sitting here, like we need right now to buy faith lay hold of the person of jesus you know through his word by his spirit and and what that does like right now i could have a temptation hit me or i could have fear hit me or i could have anything hit me and if i just like try to apply like these principle biblical principles and this knowledge base thing, like it might help a little bit but ultimately there's not gonna be that life and peace and joy that john's talking about but if i by faith Uh, And it is, it's a faith-based thing. That's the way God set it up. By faith, receive the word of God. You know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Receive that word. That's when we, we, every moment we can encounter the person of Jesus Christ by the spirit and and it produced that that peace it might not come in the the measures that John's talking about you know i think there's those special moments but every day that's the supply of the spirit that god wants to give us to you know that's what he says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word mm-hmm that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so that presence, that presence of God, that, that learning of Christ every moment, every day that comes by hearing and receiving God's word personally for yourself, um, for whatever circumstance or situation you're in.
1: I I think you make a very important distinction because it can be easy for people to uh, listen to a story like John's and then, and then say, yeah, man, God can really change a man, but it, you know, you had a pretty bad rap sheet. I mean, it was, it no was doubt. pretty bad no doubt and so you know oftentimes we we look at the worst case scenario and then we we like preach jesus into that darkness and of course he can transform that but that was a the start of a lifelong transformation that would happen inside of you. Amen. You're entering into a relationship with Christ, and then we enter into this process of sanctification. Yes. Right. We have been sanctified, but we are being sanctified. And so we're being made holy. We're being washed. We're being cleansed. Jesus is uh seeing us as his bride and he's doing that work so that we will be presented as a radiant church without blemish. But that again, um, to see that kind of manifest uh into our lives. For you, that change was immediate in the jail cell. But talk about maybe coming out of that and then it's been like, what, nine years, 10 years, is it 11 years now? How nine. long is it? Nine years. 2009. Yeah. Okay, 2009. So it has been nine years. And it's not as though the Lord has left you to fend for yourself. There's a continued work that's happening in your life. And so obviously we believe Christ for that initial, like, major you know regeneration and coming into your life and then there being this union that happens his spirit comes into you but then that transformational power lives with you through the entirety of your life so yeah. talk about how you see that continue yeah. to manifest maybe you know that was a big thing but i mean in the little things God is still
0: present. Yeah, there's a thing that I really want to touch on. It's one of my favorite things that I say when I share my testimony because of the truth within, but it's that God is not interested in behavior modification. He wants a heart transformation. And I love to use the example, if you had a plant that had dead leaves on it and it wasn't getting sunlight and it wasn't getting water and it wasn't getting nourished, that plant will produce dead leaves, right? And so you can trim the dead leaves all you want, but this condition of the plant's the same. It's going to continue to produce dead leaves. But in the moment that you give the plant sunlight and you give it water and and you give it nourishment and the life gets into the root of the plant and in the plant itself and the plant gets healthy the dead leaves begin to fall off naturally and uh, you know that's what i love about the lord and the holy spirit is he is such a skilled surgical physician the way he operates with us through the process of sanctification i wish i could say in the moment of salvation that everything changed and everything was perfect and i floated around on a cloud and i never made mistakes and i didn't have temptations and i didn't give into things at times but that's not the way it worked he comes in piece by piece and he cuts out little by little and it's like jordan said it's a process of faith and it's learning to know him and i love that verse with second corinthians 3 i think it's verse 16 when he says when one turns to the lord the veil is removed and that we're transformed by beholding, beholding not by struggling but he by beholding my, my verse, oh it's man. such a good verse yeah. <laughs>
2: I want to. Something you were saying there, I think, is should be super encouraging to us and anybody listening. Is you talked about how you know that plant. It's it's about the plant gets life in it, and what happens is that the dead leaves naturally fall off. And I think what happens for I think the experience everybody could relate to for most believers is that when they become believers and start following God, it's one of the temptations is not only the temptation to sinful things. But there's a temptation to righteous things. And what I mean by that is that there's a temptation to, like, we see man, I see who God is. I see what he wants me to be, what I should be. And what we do is we internalize, we look at ourselves and we start self-efforting, mm-hmm. self-relying to make yes. ourselves better, to clean ourselves up and to try to get rid of things out of our lives by our by our own wisdom and human cunning. And what, and what God says is, no, be still, rest. Mm-hmm. And, and, and transformation does not, it doesn't come from us looking and seeing all the places where we're wrong and off and then saying, okay, what do you want me to do about this, God? What, do you want me to cut this? off and do this and and, and work on this and it's about it's just simply about what you said John it's about uh, beholding the presence of beholding the glory of the Mm -hmm. Lord and -hmm. and how we do that is by faith by his word by you know it's from faith to faith uh, from glory to glory from you know Psalm says the righteous go from strength to strength Um, it's by continually knowing Jesus looking at him and, and, and and getting into that place of faith abiding in him and that's why Jesus said over and over. He said, abide in me uh, and, and you will bear much fruit. Um, and he said, "If you, I love the verse where he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's almost as if he's saying, if, if love isn't working in your heart, don't even bother with trying to keep the commandments. The, the one thing you need to focus on is love me. And then naturally those dead leaves are going to fall off.
1: Right. So you you hit on a really good point too, because the transformational power of God, it's It's his power at work in you. It's not your efforting power at work in you to transform. It reminds me, I I just taught on this this past Sunday, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 10. So you know that whole chapter, that whole piece where Paul's saying, well, I had this thorn in my flesh, right? This messenger, tormentor sent. And so I inquire of the Lord. I pray, ask him to take it away. And he says that um, my grace is sufficient. For you, my power is made perfect in weakness. So then Paul says, I'm going to take pleasure in my weaknesses, my insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. And what I found interesting about that is that Paul didn't say, for when I'm strong, then I'm strong. Right. You know, it's not when I figure out how to overcome Mm. this weakness, well, then I can be strong. And Mm -hmm. how much effort do we put forth to try and make things happen and conjure change? How many times did you try and change? Yeah, never never worked.
0: It never worked. It never worked for anybody listening, and they would all admit to it. And what I love is
2: where Paul says, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so continue to walk in him. And so at that moment of salvation, how do we receive him? Well, we just receive it as we receive righteousness. We receive everything from God as a free gift It has nothing to do with what we're willing to bring to the table. What are you? Well, I'll save you, you know, if you're willing to do your part, that's human wisdom. And that's what we're constantly tempted toward. But God says, and Paul. Encourage us, and he says, "As you receive Christ Jesus, you receive righteousness as a gift. And every yeah. day, every moment, you continue in it that same exact way,
1: right? And it's important to make that distinction that we receive power by coming in weakness. And so, something I talked about was we have to recognize uh, we we need to stop looking at our weakness as a flaw and look at it as, a, as an opportunity for Christ to fill that yes. void. Because I mean, if you think about just throughout." Uh, The scriptures, even in the very beginning, says the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then um, he said, let there be light. And so then light came and filled the darkness. So there was a void that needed to be filled. Hmm. Right. Um, And so where there's death, Jesus brings life. Where there's blindness, he brings sight. Where there's deafness, he brings hearing. Right. And so. Jesus only functions in the emptiness and the void and the darkness, right? Hmm. That's where he inserts himself. Dude, that's, and so, a, that's deep. That's a good insight right Thanks, there. brother. I'm going to write that down. You should write it, or you could just listen to the podcast I'm going to make again. a movie about that. <laughs> I
0: want to interject a point. <laughs> you should. Go for it. A point in what we were talking about here um, because it's so true. I think I think so many people that are even going to listen to this struggle with the self-efforting and trying. To, they internalize or looking inward. They see where they're flawed and failed, and they're trying to fill those gaps that only the Lord can fill. But you the know, the church as a whole has preached the message, go and sin no more, and then we will no longer condemn you. But I love the story where Jesus is, is sitting and he's writing he in the dirt. It. Yes. And then and the woman comes and she's been caught in adultery and they're like, Jesus, should we kill this woman should we stone her and they said he says of course if you're without sin cast the first stone and obviously the oldest leave to the youngest cuz the older you are the further you know how much you've failed but the principle behind this is what he says to her i love this i've received this from the lord myself he's spoken this to me but he looks at the woman and he says where are your accusers and he says she says they're gone and he says neither do i condemn you go and sin no more. Yeah, right. The power so, yeah. in going to sin no more is knowing that there's no longer any condemnation, and that it's no longer by my effort or my getting it all figured out, but it's the, the Lord has forgiven me, he's no longer condemned me, he's called me his own, he's made me a new creation, and now I start from that point as he reveals himself to me. Yep.
2: So God wants us to boldly come to him in weakness. God wants us to recognize our weakness, and what, what I try to do is like have this almost like a stubborn like, man, I feel so guilty, how could I pray? How could I ask him for anything right now? But it's just like, like some of my prayer even, you know, in, in recent moments are just like, oh, I know, I know. I know this is what, but I refuse to not come to you right now. I refuse to run away from you because I know that's the last thing you want. Right. Even I can see, man, my heart is not right. It's mixed. It's not. It's not what it should be. And by all wisdom, I should just run away and hide, uh, like Adam and Eve did. But I refuse to do that because I know who you are. I know you're good. I know you will forgive. I know you will help me. So, so I'm I'm gonna stubbornly run to you in my weakness and in my dirtiness. Yeah, run to him dirty.
0: Run
1: dirty. I was gonna say. I remember saying teaching on that just a little bit. Yeah. It's
2: like, you try and always
1: put it this way. It's like, you can't, you don't take a bath before you take a shower. You just get in the shower, you know, like Hmm. don't clean yourself off before you try and get cleaned up. What that doesn't make any sense. And so with Christ, it's like, yeah, I just, I just think that's super important to, um, to kind of, um, dwell on that. Just a, just a moment longer that, you know, Christ is, he enters the weakness and he enters the empty space, Mm -hmm. right? So where we lack, where we can't, where we haven't, where we couldn't is where he functions. And we have to bring that to him in full humility. Blessed are the poor. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I want to, I want to move this way just a little bit. So we're talking about transformation and there's a lot of scripture, uh, talking about transformation, transfiguration, that kind of stuff. But you, uh, Jordan through great light studios, are making a film and you're doing it on John's testimony. And who's the other guy, uh, <laughs> John and the other guy, Bill sorry.
2: Troster is his name. Yeah, who okay. was a good buddy of John still is. Uh, they, they ran the streets together kind of in John's, some of his darkest period. Yeah. So it's telling both of their stories. Right.
1: And so the title of the film is metamorphosis
2: is uh, the film. So tell uh, me just the, a little bit
1: about that word and why that, why you chose that word to kind of, you know, to yep. be the title of the film for for john so
2: so i guess uh you know i heard john's testimony i think oh man i don't know it's been four or five years probably somewhere around there maybe not quite that long but i remember the first time i heard it um and he got to the part where he he was in the jail cell and, and he was uh, snot was coming out of his nose, he said, and tears out of his eyes. And he just ca- called out to God to save him. And, and I remember sitting there listening to it, and it just like hit my heart. Like, uh, it, I was just like, man, I got to tell this story. I got to, I, I was just, I, I just think the Lord put in me inspiration in that moment to tell the story. And I didn't really do anything with it. I just, I got, I've, you know, I've gotten that multiple times. And so look out for more movies. There's a lot of films, me. A lot of of, films yeah. inside of me, yeah. uh, but that was one of them. And, and so it just so happened that uh, me and John kind of uh, through house churches and stuff kind of connected a little bit more in the future. Eventually, you know, it was the years after that. And, uh, and so I can't even remember how it came along. I just, I think I just came up to him probably one day and said, Hey, I want to tell your story. It's in my heart to do that. And I want to, um, yeah
0: but that but that word that word metamorphosis uh, anytime I share my testimony one of the things I like to point out is Romans 12 2 where it says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and that word in the Greek is the word metamorpho and it's yeah. where we get the word metamorphosis so it's talking about the difference between a caterpillar and a butterfly night and day difference two different creatures and that's kind of what happened to me that's what happened to everyone that received Christ there was a transformation that happened in their life and what I love about Jordan in his heart was we want to capture transformation, not just in my story. We don't want it to be about me, but we want it to be about God's ability to transform the life of a broken man, broken woman. And so me and Bill, we knew each other before unsaved. We went our different ways. I get God, I encounter God separately. He's off in the streets. Then then we meet back up and then he encounters God. And now we're walking together again. And it's kind of that story that Jordan has captured.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to answer your question, um, as John kind of already did, but that that's kind of where the, the title came from is that was always what was just resonating in my heart as I was thinking about making the film and the decision was made to make the film. And that was just, it was just kind of always a no-brainer that I knew that word was always huge for John and that was huge in, in all, all ways when he would tell his testimony. So uh, yeah, metamorphosis became the official title.
1: Yeah, no, that's so good. I mean, as as disciple nations, you know, our mission to stir up prayer and um, point everything back to the to supremacy of Christ um, but the gospel is at the foundation of everything that we do. And I mean, that's the gospel message is that man can be transformed, that there is hope for man. Um, and that it's not again, going back to second Corinthians five seventeen that it's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come that Christ brings new life. And so I, I often think about this because, you know, it's like, I believe the gospel. Um, and sometimes I feel like I, I, I believe the gospel, but I don't really believe that people can change. I know that's weird, but I've created some sort of dichotomy. And I remember listening to Stephanie Weishar's, her uh, her testimony. Powerful
0: testimony. You, oh,
1: super powerful testimony. And she gave it uh, one night at the source when they were doing kingdom equipping. And I remember sitting there and it was like my eyes were open and my heart was filled with hope and belief that that God does change people. And that he's out there rescuing people from these terrible lifestyles and these, these bad decisions. And, uh, anyways, it just, it, how much do we believe that? And yeah. you know, how much are we actually proclaiming that? And and then again, believing it for the people that are around us and in the deepest, darkest places in our city,
2: you know, I have an interesting story to go right along with that. Go for it. <laughs> that involves that. So we shot, uh, John's St- testimony. We, we filmed a, the interview of it and Bill's testimony on the same day. And so my friend Tyler Brickley came out and helped me shoot those. We, we had it all set up out in Burns. Uh, we have a big cafe building, so we have a lot of room to do that. But me and Tyler were the only ones in the building. And I remember after we got done with John's testimony and we had heard, you know, you've heard a little bit t- in this podcast, but John kind of spilled a lot of details about the darkness. And I, I remember stepping back after that interview and there was legitimate like a temptation to like be afraid and like oh my gosh this just me and tyler they could totally kill us right now like are, are we gonna slip up and there was like that that legitimate Stop like it, it, it's just the reality was so real to me as john was sharing these details of like oh my gosh like i know john now but like he was literally a different person and so talking about do we believe that like in that moment i know it's funny but this <laughs> is like a real is like it's almost i don't know why but it's like the in that moment i had to like by faith say and that's what Paul uh, Paul says in that, that uh, same verse you're talking about. He says, let nobody regard anybody according to the, the flesh. flesh. So in that moment, I had to, by faith, say, okay, John and Bill, literally, I had to believe God had really changed them. Yeah. Because from what they were telling me about who they were, like, if we said something wrong or, yeah. or made them mad, like, well, they might just pummel us to
1: but, death. But you still kept
0: a close eye on their hands. I you? did, yes. Yeah. And I
2: took all the guns and hit yeah. them, locked away the, the
0: crowbars. You know, no, I just... Go ahead. I, w- I want to touch on one thing while we're talking about this, because there can be a temptation to elevate the great stories of darkness and rescue, and we forget that God is transforming on the other end of things, too. And there's a quick little story. I've got a uh, the church I'm teaching and pastoring in in Eureka. There's a brother of mine. I love him dearly, Levi. And um, his testimony is the opposite end of mine. He grew up in church. Uh, he mastered Christian language. He mastered Christian activity. He went on mission trips. He led youth groups. He did Sunday school. And uh, it was about a year and a half ago he was driving a skid steer on his property tearing trees down and he heard the Holy Spirit speak to him and say, when are you going to quit faking it? And he started having these series of encounters with the Holy Spirit, which he was not used to. And God began to transform his life. And this is somebody that had been in the church 25 years. And so I love his testimony because his is so relatable so, to so many yeah. people, but God on both ends of the spectrum yeah. are transforming lives from, yeah. from the streets of Wichita, Kansas to the suburban neighborhoods of Eastboro. God is moving in a way that, that, that completely redeems man for his own purpose.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, in essence, Jordan, we we're all telling our metamorphosis story. Exactly. Yeah. When we talk about, when we witness to the transformation yeah. of, of and, our lives. And that's yeah. what
2: goes back to why I think when we decide to make the film and tell their stories is, is and we decided to bring Bill into it originally, it was just going to be John's testimony, but we wanted to bring Bill into it. We just thought that was a good way to help it make it less about, you know, John and, and his yeah. testimony, less about Bill and his testimony, less but about, about the power. Deal, John. Yeah. Thanks Jason. <laughs> but we just wanted to make it about the power of Jesus. Uh, and uh, an encounter with Jesus really changes people, whether it is, you know, the Levi who grew up in church, which would more reflect a little bit more similar to my testimony. Um, and, it, you know, pe- people are coming to Jesus looking a lot of different ways, a lot of different colors than, than John and Bill's story. Uh, but Jesus can save anybody. That's right.
1: right. Yeah, it's just so important that we, we remember that foundational message as we continue forward in everything that we're doing. And, you know, sometimes we... We, we get so focused on ministry or doing the next thing or going to the next place. And, you know, at the core of what we're doing is that, that great story, um, that we carry with us. And so tell us, uh, tell us when we can expect this movie and tell like, us Jordan. Tell yeah. us.
2: All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> everybody's asking me that everywhere I go, like that's the um, almost immediate question I get asked. But, um, right now I my goal, my, um, very positive. I don't even know how to say that my, my goal that's not realistic. Let's put it that way is December. Um, and so, you know, pray for that. I'm going to pray for, we're praying kind of that the Lord would speed up the process. I feel like it'd be kind of a, neat Christmas season movie about transformation and change and the God changing the Mr. Scrooge from
1: you've seen the nativity story. Bill's the Mr. Scrooge.
2: (laughs) So yeah, the, the hope is uh, the hope is December. We got a lot of uh, filming left to do a lot of editing, obviously after some of the filming um, and then, Music and just all all the the rest of the technical stuff that goes into making a film. So
1: well, I know we're all looking forward to it. Tell us where we can find some of the stuff you've already made, and just you know, throw in a quick promo for your
2: ministry. Yeah, It's it's
1: a really great ministry.
2: Yep. So we're just making the point of what we're doing. We just want to make films to put the glory of Jesus on display. Basically, everything we're talking about. We know that transformation only comes from. Uh, seeing the goodness of God and having a real encounter with it and so I think a powerful tool to to do that is, is storytelling and films and I think it's a great way to put God's glory kind of on a stage and sit people down and say pay attention for a moment and let me tell you about God's glory let me tell you about the reality that you're living in that this yeah. life you're living there's more to it oh, and that's so that's good. kind of what we want to do that Lord really just gripped my heart with that with films and, set, and put in me like this is a powerful powerful tool not to tell good stories or preach good Christian values but to put my glory on display to grab people's attention and so yeah. uh, greatlightstudios.com is our website Um, and there you can find a couple, we finished two short films and, uh, and you can find a little bit more information on metamorphosis. And and if you feel stirred by what I'm talking about, we really do need financial support. I hope that's okay to talk about. I'm just kind of by obedience, getting a little bit more bold with that because I know this is something the Lord's calling us to, and it has a great, you know, everybody knows making movies is not easy or cheap. Well, that just falls in
1: line with, you know, Disciple Nations, um, there, many of the missionaries that are part of this family of believers and disciples are, are fully funded missionaries through support. They raise support. Right. And so, yeah, absolutely, DiscipleNations.net. And you can actually go to that website, and then you can look at all the missionaries, and you can actually give to all of the missionaries through that through that website. And it's a 501c3, so everything's tax deductible, all that fun stuff. And so, yeah, it's good stuff, man. John? hammer down on the transformational power of God one more time before we get out of here.
0: Oh, man, I'm just so grateful. Romans 2, 4 says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And I I, I personally, I know you are all so thankful for God's goodness in your life and how faithful he's been in the midst of our pursuit of the world and other things, how he faithfully pursues our heart and patiently knocks on the door. And I just know the moment that we make the decision to finally let him in, he comes in. And once you've tasted him and you've seen him and you've experienced him, everything else becomes bland and dull and nothing seems to um, measure up or compare. And so the more that I know him, the more I see him. And the more that I see him, the more that I pursue him and I want him more. And it's like the, the Apostle Paul's like, I count everything as lost for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. And that's kind of how I, I feel in my life. And it's so easy for me to get bored in the world now because of how good he's been in revealing himself to me and I just believe as that transformation, as that maturity in believers comes about by the process of sanctification, I think um, we, we, we discover him more, we know him more, we walk in our identity and our purpose and then 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 God can use us and I just love that God takes people like us, you know, we're we're not probably who the world would have chosen to, to bring the gospel or to preach that's why the good news. we're on radio and so, not TV. That's true, very true. People can't stare our faces. It, it, he, he, uh, he definitely uses the weak things of the world to confound the, the strong and, the, and he uses the foolish thing to confound the wise and that's just our story and that's the story of transformation and the power of God to redeem a life and um, I love that God never calls qualified people but he always qualifies those he calls and he has definitely done that with us three for sure and um, for me and my own story and just grateful to uh, be able to tell his story because my story isn't my story, it's his story it's his story of reaching down in the darkness and rescuing me from death and from the pit and uh, I'll forever be grateful So, yeah.
1: it's good, he's worthy Praise the Lord. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. John, it's been great. Jordan? Thanks, guys. Yep. we got to get you guys back in again here soon. Let's do it. All right. We'll see if Sam will let us. Yeah. Since he's back from Shabbat, maybe he's feeling a little bit more lenient. Generous. (laughs) Yeah, so a little more generous and lenient, yeah. All right. Thank you guys for listening to Disciple Nation's podcast. Uh, Make sure you uh, share out our episodes after we post them on Facebook and um, follow us, do all that fun stuff, let people know what we're doing and um, share these things out so more people are blessed by this testimony bless you guys chat with you later